The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Friends, Happy New Year, and welcome to this first new podcast of the new year. And we start the new year with a look at the state of America's media today. You know, the job of a reporter has never been easy, but Donald Trump has made it practically impossible. I mean, how do you cover a president who calls you the enemy of the people? How do you cover a president who never tells the truth? How do you cover a president who still insists he won an election that he actually lost by 7 million votes? Apparently, even Fox News isn't conservative enough for Donald Trump anymore. He now gets his rocks off on Newsmax and One American News. Nobody tracks the media better than our friends at Media Matters. Think of it this way. They watch Fox News, so we don't have to. And nobody at Media Matters drives Fox News crazier than today's guest. You hear him often on our podcast roundtable, Senior Media Matters Fellow, Matt Gertz. Hello, Matt Gertz. Good to talk again. Nice to see you. Good to see you too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Right. So look, um, we've talked about this a long time, even back in the days of the uh, old Bill Press radio show, when you used to... um, Spend a lot of time watching Fox and Friends in the morning and then watching Donald Trump's tweets and uh, did a whole report on the connection between Donald Trump's tweets and Fox and Friends, you know, like it was like like one and the same. But it seems now that Donald Trump's medium diet has changed somewhat, that there are some new voices that he's watching on the extreme right, uh, namely uh, one American Network and Newsmax, right? Uh, yes, you know, generally, I, I would say that it's a good idea to uh, take in news from a lot of different sources. Uh, <laughs> somehow, the, the president has managed to find some of the only news outlets that are less credible than the people who were already telling them what to do. Well, who um, are who are these? Uh, who are these two networks? And and sure. yeah, and, and are they getting any traction? So Newsmax uh, and One American News Network are both uh, fringier, further right uh, cable news uh, networks. Uh, Both have been around for uh, several years. Uh, Newsmax's uh, TV uh, uh, stuff sort of comes out of a... uh, uh, digital outlet that they had for many years before that. It's run by Christopher Ruddy, who you may remember from the Vince Foster conspiracy theories of the 90s. He was one of the, the primary players in pushing those, and, and he's the head of Newsmax. Uh, mm-hmm. One American News is, is a more recent addition um, and has has much lower ratings. News, Newsmax has uh, significantly lower ratings than Fox News does uh, historically, but they're at least in the Nielsen ratings. Uh, OAN isn't even uh, in those, so they have you know, reached very few uh, people. Um, but both of them had, have had a substantial boost in recent weeks uh, from President Trump. Uh, President Trump uh, has been um, 
enraged by some of Fox News's uh, coverage of the election, specifically uh, saying that he lost it. Um, you know, they have a, a, Fox has a professional decision desk that makes calls on particular states and on the election as a whole. And that decision desk called uh, Arizona for uh, Biden early on and then called the election as a whole for Biden, uh, you know, back in early November. Um, and that really uh, pissed the president off. Uh, and so he started telling his supporters, you can't trust Fox News anymore. You should go watch uh, OAN or Newsmax instead. And both of those networks have really leaned into this. They're, they've been attacking Fox News as insufficiently supportive of the president. And they have been saying that uh, Trump actually won the election. They've refused to call uh, Biden the president-elect. Uh, and so you have, I, I think, the makings of, of a real competition here that, that Fox has not really experienced uh, for years and years. Right. Um, do they have enough reach in the country? I mean, are they on enough cable networks that they could even become, um, uh, you know, a, a real threat to Fox or anybody else? Well, Newsmax is on enough uh, television sets that it actually has seen pretty substantial ratings growth, including uh, in an incident that really shocked a lot of observers. One of its programs actually beat Fox uh, in the ratings uh, back in December. And that had not been seen basically ever. Um, and so, you know, both of them, I think, need a lot more resources to be like fully competitive against Fox News. They, they need to be able to get on uh, more televisions uh, to do that uh, if the sort of objective is to become bigger than Fox News and displace it. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, both of them can sort of suck up enough uh, enough viewers away from Fox to become sort of moderate players in their own right, even if they don't uh, surpass uh, the network. Uh, and so that, I, I think, sets off this kind of uh, competition between the networks uh, and forces Fox to sort of react to that. So one one thing certainly that OAN and uh, Newsmax have done is they've given a platform to some of the wackiest people out there with the most bizarre conspiracy theories uh, ever heard about what happened on November 3rd, right? I mean, uh, Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, <coughs> Rudy Giuliani, that's their base, right? I mean, that, that's they're open to them anytime they want to say anything they want. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to sort of underplay uh, how Fox News has behaved. Well, the network has... Uh, declared uh, Biden the winner. They have spent a ton of time, you know, platforming these same people and so on and so forth. But yeah, I, I think OAN and Newsmax clearly have even lower standards than Fox does. There's really no mechanism whatsoever to try to uh, over there to try to like find truth. Um, they're basically taking the sort of uh, conspiracy-minded rantings that you find on a Trump message board or on a, a blog like the Gateway Pundit, uh, and just blasting it out to their audiences without really scrutinizing them in any way. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it's um, I think troubling that a larger swath of Republican voters are being exposed to this. And I certainly think it's troubling that the president is. Um, you know, th th these are just like not at all credible sources of information.
Well, it's sort of a chicken and the egg uh, question, isn't it? I mean, are they echoing Donald Trump or is he echoing them? I think in this case, they're echoing or he's echoing them. I think that, you know, he's um, spending, I think, less time scrutinizing these like message boards and finding out the information for himself than sort of passively sitting and letting it wash over him uh, from his television set. That's generally how he uh, sort of uh, consumes information. Um, and so I, I think in this case, it, obviously what he's doing is encouraging them to uh, keep it up, encouraging them to you know, find whatever conspiracy theory they can to justify the idea that somehow he is the winner of the election. Um, and and they're, they're responding and doing it. Right. Uh, one thing I want to point out is that um, it's not necessary that people watch OAN or Newsmax. Uh, if they go to mediamatters.org, uh, you do a good job of exposing their lies uh, on a daily basis, and we thank you for doing that. Um, uh, I always used to say, "I don't." Have, you listen to Rush Limbaugh, so I don't have to, right? <laughs> or, yeah, watch, the, the, <laughs> or watch Fox News. The, the character of the stuff that we're being forced to uh, watch so that other people don't have to is getting much worse. <laughs> I, I've, I've been doing this for 14 years, and it just it uh, it is a one way street. And, and as you pointed out just briefly, just to show how extreme these people are, OAN has said its official policy is not to identify Joe Biden as the president elect. Yeah, I mean, and they recognize that what they have going for them is the idea that they are more loyal to Trump than Fox News is. And so they're using this as a, a wedge issue, so to speak, as a way to uh, siphon off some of uh, Fox's market share uh, by doing something that the network can't really uh, on an mm -hmm. institutional basis. Right. You know, I mean, this sort of one of the key facets here is the difference in the in the business model. I mean, Fox is a massive corporation uh, that makes its money um, by being able to sell advertising, and it's harder to sell advertising to credible blue chip uh, uh, advertisers if your like bananas propaganda craziness all of the time. Uh, OAN and Newsmax have an advantage of sorts because they don't need to be responsive to advertisers. They have like much lower level, you know, my pillow and less credible uh, mm -hmm. uh, advertisers to worry about who who don't really care about the content, um, and so uh, that allows them to have more freedom to do things like institutionally say that Joe Biden is not the president elect right. without getting yeah. in trouble. So I want to come back uh, to Fox because uh, neither you nor I want to say uh, that suddenly Fox is a good guy in this in this uh, business, right? I mean, um, but given the uptick in OAN and uh, Newsmax, is Fox still a force? Yes, I think Fox is still the paramount force in right wing media as of now, and I, I think that that is unlikely to change. I don't think Newsmax or OAN are going to displace Fox. What I think is likely to happen, though, is and what we've already seen, is that the network is responding to uh, this pressure. They're trying to claw back that market share. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're doing things like um, you know, their news hour 
workers, which traditionally they've viewed as uh, they've they've uh, said are are independent uh, and you know basically like a normal cable news network's uh, programming. Uh, they've started. Um, injecting clips of the opinion hosts uh, into those hours. Uh, and so, you know, America's Newsroom, the sort of three-hour morning news show uh, that they have on every day, um, you know, will uh, make their debates, that their sort of panel discussions revolve around something Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson said the night before. That's something that the network really has not done before. And it, it seems like a very obvious response to this idea that the network is not loyal enough to Donald Trump. Uh, and so I think we'll see more of that. I think the network risks losing um, the ability to pick and choose from the uh, fever swamps uh, because they actually will have this sort of uh, competition, right? If, if OAN and mm -hmm. Newsmax are talking about a story and Fox isn't, uh, that's okay if no one's actually watching Newsmax and OAN. But if more people are, then it looks like Fox is refusing to cover a something that is credible. Um, and that will uh, cause uh, the network to perhaps lose more of its viewers. And so I, I think that there's a, a real chance for a race to the bottom here, where the network kind of loses mm -hmm. control and really needs to feed into uh, feed out this sort of conspiracy theory stuff on a constant basis. Well, clearly, uh, Donald Trump, as you point out, they called Arizona and he's, that, that pissed him off. But he had fallen, started at least, to fall out of love with Fox long before that. Well, I never understood. What was his beef with Fox? It's interesting. Yeah, he, he's done this pretty consistently for years and years. He, he watches more Fox News than uh, basically anyone does, perhaps even more than I do, and I, I do this for a living. Uh, and so anytime he sees uh, any sort of um, uh, incident where the network falls short of pure obsequiousness, of pure propaganda, he gets incredibly angry about it. Or if um, they have a, a guest on, right? Uh, they some... guess if they have, you know, they, part of what Fox does, part of their shtick is uh, the idea that they have, you know, we report, you decide, we have this, the, the, they say they have this straight news uh, division, right. and they, they produce programming that looks like a normal news network. They'll have panels with a Democrat and a Republican, and they'll go back and forth on the news of the day. He gets very angry when he sees the Democrat there. He wants to know why they're there. He doesn't want to see Democrats get interviewed on Fox News if they're Democratic politicians. Uh, he was particularly angry about the town halls that some Democratic uh, presidential candidates did last year. Um, and so when, when he sees that happen, um, he uh, pushes back uh, mm -hmm. on the network and, and tries to compel them to uh, do uh, to, to produce more of what he wants to see, which is you know everyone saying how great he is all the time and how bad all of his enemies are. Right. So um, after Trump is gone, uh, not soon enough, as far as I'm concerned. But after he's gone, do OAN and Newsmax? <laughs> you know, continue to have a, a life or a force behind them? Uh, does Fox News survive? Where do you see the, the right-wing media landscape post-Trump in the White House? I think it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, my going assumption right now is that uh, Trump will leave the White House, but he will not go away. 
Um, you know, he will continue to uh, sort of push himself upon all of us. Uh, right. On Twitter, in interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and he will continue to have uh, to wield substantial influence over the Republican Party at large. I think we're seeing that right now as, uh, you know, the uh, Republican Party basically splits over whether or not to uh, overthrow the results of the election and allow him to stay in office. And you see some uh, key figures who are positioning themselves as future presidential candidates say, yes, the Trump should stay, basically. Right. Um, I, I think that as long as he maintains that hold, he creates um, space for uh, other conservative media outlets to say, we are more supportive of Trump than Fox News is, and try to uh, peel off uh, some supporters uh, of the president and, and get them to stay, uh, to, to get them to come over and, and, and watch their networks instead. Um, and that, in turn, I think will fuel Fox News to respond by clutching the president a little closer as well, as, as we've seen uh, them respond to this pressure over the last several weeks. Um, so I think the, the conservative media will be messier. It'll be um, more fractured than has been. I think Fox will remain uh, the uh, strongest uh, outlet there, but will will not have perhaps as much dominance as it did in years past. Um, and he'll be able to. The president will be. President Trump will will play the networks off against each other uh, to try to create the the best uh, result for him. Right, and. As he's down at Mar-a-Lago, and you're certainly right, he's not going to go away. He'll continue to make whatever trouble he can, and and he'll have the captive audience of these uh, right-wing networks. Will the mainstream media, do you believe, still pay any attention to Donald Trump? I think they will. I think less so, hopefully. Uh, I think there'll be less of an interest in sort of uh, glomming onto his every tweet and claim. Um, yeah. I think certainly I, I am not planning on spending all of my time determining whether <laughs> uh, former President Donald Trump's tweets are direct responses to what he has seen on Fox News in any particular morning. Um, but I, I think that you know just as there is an impetus to cover things that Donald Trump says because he's the president of the United States, there will be one to cover things that he says because he's a former president and perhaps a, a future president of the United States. I mean, sure. he is certainly going to try to hold uh, to to, to um, continue his hold on the Republican Party as much as possible, um, and I'm sure is going to at least cons publicly consider the possibility of a comeback. Right. What about uh, which has often been talked about? the idea of a Trump network, uh, now his own network, starting his own media empire, uh, now that he's got OAN and Newsmax, does that desire disappear? Or do you think that that he might really try to do that? I've always been pretty bearish on the, the Trump TV idea. Um, it's a lot of work. Uh, and and <laughs> people really like doing lots of work. I mean, seriously, like, Starting yeah. a cable news network is a huge endeavor. It requires uh, substantial capital, um, and it requires a, a lot of work. You've got to hire a lot of people. You've got to get your network on a lot of markets. Uh, and I just don't see him 
spending the time to do it or being able to line up the funds to do it uh, for that matter. I, I think you could see something sort of low level, um, something mm-hmm. that is um, monetizable but doesn't require as much effort as running uh, an entire network. You could see some sort of streaming endeavor maybe. Um, he could start a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, welcome, and, and, welcome on board. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, sure. uh, you know, he, I mean, his, his shtick in his rallies and in his interviews is basically him riffing on whatever for, you know, right. an hour or so. Um, so I, I'm sure that there is a way to turn that into money. I, I think the, the um, easiest way to do it is probably the stage show. Like he could just, you know, right. go to stadiums and he, do rallies for $50 a head. Um, and, and probably do pretty well on that. Um, but I, I'm pretty skeptical about the, the, the full cable news network idea. Also, he wants to be able to go talk to Sean Hannity, right? Like he wants to spend time with his buddies at Fox and Friends. Uh, right. and he's not going to put himself in a position where he can't do that. Right. Okay. Matt Gertz is our guest, a senior fellow at the Media Matters for America, talking about the state of the media today, particularly the right-wing media. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back. Lots more to talk about with Matt Gertz here on the Bill Press Pod. Today's podcast with Matt Gertz of Media Matters brought to you by the Laborers International Union of North America, or LIUNA, L-I-U-N-A, under the leadership of President Terry O'Sullivan. Over half a million strong, the Laborers Union, a real force in uh, the American labor movement, uh, covering construction workers, building everything from skyscrapers to foundations for buildings uh, to infrastructure, active in the energy field as well, building everything from solar panels to new windmills to pipelines, and active in the healthcare field as well. So we salute the members of the Labor's Union, thank them for their support of the Bill Press Pod, direct you to their website at liuna.org. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. 
visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we're back. We're talking media landscape in America uh, in the age of Trump and what it might look like post-age of Trump. Uh, Matt Gertz are joining us from Media Matters for America. Uh, so, Matt, before we move on from Donald Trump, um, he might have been surprised recently um, by uh, treatment he'd received. Not he wasn't happy with treatment he received maybe from Fox News. He certainly was not happy with treatment he's received from the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post, both of whom have been consistent supporters of his, but both of whom under the leadership of Rupert Murdoch, came out and said, hey, this election's over, you should recognize it and move on. Uh, what does that, what's that tell us? And I think the way that these tea leaves tend to be interpreted is that uh, the editorial boards of the New York Post and especially the Wall Street Journal are more mouthpieces for Murdoch directly uh, than Fox News is. That Fox News is, is more fractured, it has all these different... Uh, hosts and and there's a sort of a difficulty in getting them on his page necessarily in the same right. way. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it does seem to be an attempt to say, like, uh, you know, here's the hook, you leave the stage. Um, and the, the New York Post in particular is known as the news outlet that Donald Trump himself uh, actually reads and pays attention to. Right. Um, and so... Um, you know, you, you see at least the attempt by uh, those outlets to get him to give up. Certainly, he doesn't seem to be listening. Um, you know, Correct. But they, they perhaps, um, you know, after uh, they, they seem to be saying at this point, oh, well, after, you know, endorsing him twice and supporting him throughout his entire administration, oh, we've, we've, massively misjudged his his character how, how could this have happened um but, uh, but is this do you think uh, does it have rupert murdoch's fingerprints all over it i mean has murdoch basically had it with donald trump i don't know i mean it, it could be murdoch having it with donald trump it could be the members of the editorial boards themselves having it with donald trump i mean it, it, what he's doing is pretty crazy and yeah. so you would expect you would expect some marginal decrease in support somewhere. Like th this is the, the thing you would you would hope for, frankly, um, that he could finally have gone so far uh, that even his uh, ardent supporters start to back off. Um, uh, right. So back to Fox News. Um, you at Media Matters uh, just uh, awarded uh, a big prize to uh, Fox News. Uh, it, identifying Fox News as the misinformer of the year 2020 because of the role they've played in the COVID coronavirus pandemic. Yes. Um, why? Uh, I mean, you know, Media Matters has never awarded uh, the network as a whole uh, misinformer of the year. We've given it to particular hosts and particular executives there. But this year we thought that all of Fox News deserved it. Um, I think it's quite obvious that the network's coverage of coronavirus and the way the president absorbed it and turned it into federal policy got a lot of Americans killed last year and continues to get a lot of Americans killed. 
um, you know, with hundreds of thousands uh, dead from COVID-19 and Fox News continuing this drumbeat that uh, the virus is not so bad, um, that uh, the uh, responses uh, to it have been overwrought, that the real uh, problem is is the cure, not the the virus. Um, we thought it was uh, important and necessary to lay down that marker. And you cite thirteen thousand five hundred and fifty one different occasions on which Fox News downplayed the seriousness of the pandemic. Yeah, that's that's our estimate based on um, a thorough review of a week of the network's coverage, and then we sort of um, did the math uh, on based on the number of segments that uh, it had, it has uh, done over the course of uh, of the year. Um, you and know, of course, they're the first ones who gave a platform also to Scott Atlas, correct? Who became then Trump's leading negative voice about again how serious the pandemic was. Yes. I mean, you know, I've been talking about this Trump-Fox feedback loop for uh, several years now, since October 2017 was when I first started studying it. Um, And last year was the year that it really became a crisis for the country. Um, The president picked an advisor to the coronavirus task force uh, for the White House because he liked the guy's Fox News appearances. Like he thought that he made a good case on his television uh, about how the virus wasn't so bad. Uh, And so he decided to give him real power. Um, He was woefully unqualified for that position. Scott Atlas is not an epidemiologist. He's not an expert in infectious diseases. He's a radiologist uh, who uh, has spent time at a conservative think tank talking about how great you know, a private sector healthcare is, uh, and so they put him, gave him a position of real power. He pushed out all of the actual experts, uh, like Dr. Fauci, uh, and replaced them uh, in the, the sort of president and vice president's confidence, uh, and pushed this idea of herd immunity. The best thing we could do was infect as many Americans as possible um, with the virus, uh, and that uh, that would be the best way through. And that's what we basically did. And a lot of people are dead. A right. lot of people are dead. So, I mean, I hear you saying and Media Matters saying uh, that Fox News can be held responsible for um, whatever number, uh, countless American deaths as a result of COVID-19. I think we'll never know precisely how many Americans would have lived uh, if not for Fox News's pernicious influence. But both by directly telling their viewers uh, not to wear masks, uh, not to worry about social distancing, not to follow uh, the advice of health professionals, uh, and by convincing the president that that was the best strategy and getting him to revolve federal policy around fake drugs that don't work to stop the virus, um, that it, it absolutely got Americans killed. Just as an aside here, um, speaking of Scott Atlas, did, have you done a count at Media Matters about, I, I think about John Bolton also, about how many people made the move, direct move from Fox News appearances to the Trump White House? Uh, I think the count was about 20. Uh, really? 20 yeah. people who had worked for Fox News at one point and then 
uh, at sure. some point moved to the to the Trump administration. I think there's about right. nine or ten still there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a the, the network became entwined with the Trump administration. Um, the president liked uh, hiring people basically with an interview process dictated by Fox News appearances. Um, and we've, we're seeing the results right now. Right. So finally, I want to get up to maybe the 30,000 foot level with you. I just saw the other day uh, a recent Gallup survey that looked at the trust American, the American people have in the mass media and how that has changed over the last four years. Uh, today, among Republicans, 10% trust the media. That was as high as 30, 40% under President Bush or President Obama. After four years of Donald Trump, 10% of Republicans, 73% of Democrats trust the mass media, Six, 36%, by the way, uh, of independents. 10% of Republicans so uh, trust the mass media. I guess you'd have to conclude, Matt, that calling the media fake news and the enemy of the American people has worked for Donald Trump. Absolutely. I mean, he, and it was a, a very specific and deliberate strategy by Trump. Uh, you know, Bannon, I think, played a big role in it as, as well. This idea of branding the press as the enemy of the people, uh, getting uh, the president's supporters not to pay any mind to them, no matter what they reported, no matter how bad it was. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think we see the results now. And it's, I think, quite unfortunate for Republicans and conservatives, because the media that they've lifted up uh, in place of the mainstream media uh, are telling them that uh, actually Donald Trump won the election uh, and that they don't need to worry about the global pandemic. Um, you know, I, I think there was a conservatives, uh, conservative leaders have responsibility for what they've done uh, here. They really managed to convince their supporters not to believe the mainstream press. Um, and the right wing press uh, has been an absolute abomination uh, this, uh, you know, for the last several years. Um, and so, you know, it, it's going to be really tough, I think to try to unwind some of the damage uh, that's been done in that way. I don't know if it's possible. Um, one other thing I'd say, though, is that that 70% among Democrats is probably a bubble, too. Uh, and I think that uh, mainstream journalists should should you know consider that a little bit more, um, that uh, increasingly because of the fall of support among conservatives, their audience is much more liberal. Their audience is much more concentrated among Democrats. Uh, and that might not maintain over the long haul. So what is the challenge then for the mainstream media, as you see it, uh, entering think, the post-Trump era? I mean, I, I think the challenge from a business standpoint is how you keep uh, those uh, Democratic readers and viewers that you have uh, willing to continue to subscribe to your products, um, you know, on a, a, a sort of broad capitalist standpoint, that that's going to be the problem they have. I mean, the media has been absolutely decimated over the mm -hmm. last couple of decades. We've seen thousands and thousands of job losses. Um, you know, thousands of newspapers closed down. I think part of what is motivating that fallen support um, 
among Republicans and independents uh, in support for the media is, is that dissolution of, of local news uh, media. The, now your impression of what a journalist is, uh, is the, you know, the big stars on cable news, not, right. you know, your local newspaper men who, uh, you know, had some access to your actual community. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that it, it could be uh, some pretty tough times uh, for the mainstream media over the next few years. Can they earn that trust back, that trust of the American people across the board? I don't know about across the board. I mean, I think that if they are uh, diligent and if they are willing to, um, you know, accurately depict the world around them, and that's all you can really ask them to do, they can hold on to people who are interested in an accurate depiction of the world around them. But increasingly, that's not conservatives, and that's not Republicans. And so trying to grasp back uh, that audience uh, is a really tough sell. I think what Trump and uh, other members of his party have trained their voters to think is that if uh, the media outlet isn't supportive of Trump, then it's being dishonest. Yeah. Um, and it's just really, really hard to uh, claw that back. You know, uh, as a talk radio host, I have to say in closing, um, uh, this is a pet peeve of mine, but I trace it all back to Ronald Reagan getting rid of the fairness doctrine. I mean, there was a time when media outlets had to, had to like, talk radio where I was working at the time, uh, had to show different points of view and had to have a basically balanced lineup of opinions. And after the Fairness Doctrine went, um, right, it, it, it became all right wing or all left wing. Uh, and then people gravitated in that direction and didn't want to hear anything else. Maybe I'm overstating the, <laughs> the impacts of the Fairness Doctrine, but I do think it had a lot to do with it. Is that fair? I mean, I think that one thing that certainly happened is because of the uh, dissolution of the Fairness Doctrine, you did see people like Rush Limbaugh uh, attract substantial um, numbers of listeners. Uh, Absolutely. And there was a real marketplace for that, and that paved the way for Fox News and, and all right. the other outlets. So um, to that extent, yeah, I think that's um, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, good to start off the uh, new year with a look at where we are in terms of uh, the right wing media and the mainstream media again and the great work of Media Matters for America. Uh, thank you, Matt Gers, so much. And people follow you at, first of all, MediaMatters.org and on Twitter, follow you at Matt Gertz. G-R-T-Z. <laughs> Easy. Matt Gertz, G-E-R-T-Z. Thanks, Matt. Happy New Year. Thanks again. Happy New Year to you, too. Take care. And that's it for today's podcast with Matt Gertz of Media Matters. We'll be back on Friday with this week's roundtable. Meanwhile, stay strong, stay safe, and don't forget to subscribe to the Bill Press Pod if you haven't already done so. I know I remind you all the time, but it's so important. We want you to be a member of the team. It helps us grow the podcast. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, just pull up Bill Press Pod, click on subscribe, and you are in. Again, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. We'll see you on the next edition of the Bill Press Pod. Wow. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.